Welcome to the PT Legends Podcast, where co-hosts Dave Bess and myself, Scott Carpenter, share our journey in secrets of success. From our humble beginnings as personal training employees of a big box gym, to struggling studio owners that have made every mistake in the book, to where we are now, the owners of a multi-seven-figure business operating multiple personal training studios internationally, and now coach and mentor to fitness professionals in five countries and counting. This is our story, and these are our secrets. Subscribe to our podcast, learn, take action, and build your own fitness empire. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Welcome back to the PT Legends show. I am your host, Scott Carpenter, and today's episode is is kind of cool because we all have thought about this over and over and over and heard different sides of it. Uh, we're going to discuss today the ongoing 1099 contractor versus W-2 employee debate with special guest attorney Matthew Becker and his take on it. So this episode is, of course, brought to you by PT Legends, where we help you shatter the glass ceiling in your business by teaching you the exact steps on how to, at the very least, even if you don't add a high ticket, how to double your currently monthly rates for new clients and charge a true value. What if every client that came on board was worth two to three times, two to five times more than they currently are. How would that change your business? How would that change your life? This is what we teach you how to do without any more work than you're doing and without changing your business model. If you're interested, go to ptlegends.com or book a call from the link in the show notes if you are ready to learn more. Now back to the show. Matthew Becker, welcome. Hi, Scott. How are you doing today? Doing great, doing great. So awesome. uh, we got a spicy topic today just because <laughs> you've heard this argued ad nauseum. Um, I've done it both ways. And I've actually, uh, you know, when I had my first gym, I bought a failing business, right? Okay. Losing a few grand a month. And um, I had contractors because I didn't know what the hell else to do. Like literally, I have this business. What do I do? I just quit my job. I have this business. So I paid people just writing checks, right? Mm -hmm. And then did 1099s at the end of the year with my tax person. Um, <clears throat> we'll get into that, but I actually ran into some problems with that. From this goes back to when my gyms melted down several years ago. I had one guy who sunk two locations, pissed off okay. all the employees because he was sleeping with a female trainer. Too oh. much information, I know. But, <laughs> and then hit it and just like I found out about because at this point I was working in another location. And he just tore that thing apart and Man. sociopathic level liar. So I just didn't find out about it for a long time. And um, because he pissed everybody off so bad, I had to get in there and interview to see what actually happened. And did this happen? Because he's lying to me and I'm not sure who to try. It was a mess, but it pissed off the employees so bad that uh, one of them claimed he was just to get, you know, get back. He claimed that he was an employee then. So okay. I had to go through that, and then another person did it. So I had to go through that route, yeah. Uh, and it was a nightmare. Now, since then, I have, uh, and even before that, my other location, I when I started them up, I did go to W two, and so I've been all over the place. I've heard mm -hmm. many different things, but we're going to talk about that today. And your point from somebody who's actually a licensed attorney, unlike myself. <laughs> um, but before we get to that, like I want, I want the audience to know because the cool thing is, you're not just an attorney; you're actually um, you've actually been in the gym space and owned a CrossFit gym yourself, right? Yep. Yep. Still do. Yep. Still oh, do. You still do. 
Yep. Yep. Still own well, that's it. That's awesome. Um, I'm pushing real hard for my 10 year affiliate, whatever I get at 10 years. <laughs> it was, I just remember, yeah, you know, you'd always watch the main site. Like every so often they would like show a gym that was like 10 year affiliate. And I was like, that's so cool. I'm going to get mine. I've got, awesome. let's see, it's April. So I have like five months and then I'll, I'll hit my 10 year mark. Congrats, so, man. I, I yeah. hit 10 years as an owner in august this year i think yeah congratulations yeah. i'll quit after that but i want that 10-year mark <laughs> <laughs> what are your plans are you going to keep your gym for longer are you going to sell it what do you what do you yeah no i'll keep it i'll keep yeah. it for as long as, as as long as it doesn't become a pain in my ass you know i uh yeah. i don't know i i as, as you and i were talking before we hit record i i was an attorney and then i became an attorney and a gym owner and i did both for a while and then i got out of the attorney business and just was a gym owner and that lasted like a year. Um, and and I, I guess I, I can't do just one thing. So, you know, even, even if I, even if I decide to sell the gym, I'll probably pick up something else to do along the way, just because I guess one thing bores me too much. Um, but no, I, I have no plans to sell the gym. I'll, I'll hold on to it. I like it. It gives me somewhere yeah. to work out at the well, very the, least. The thing is, is it doesn't have to, I mean, yeah, we're all vulnerable to a certain degree owning a gym. Like if you lose a mm -hmm. key person, it could put you in a bad situation. But if your gym, if you get your gym to where it's really profitable, it's not that big of a worry. And the multiples, when you sell gyms, the multiples that, that you would sell it for in the valuation, it's not a lot. Like a lot of times it just doesn't make sense to sell it quite often. Right. Um, just from a purely, I mean, the, there's the enjoyment factor, right? But but also just from a purely financial standpoint, if you got that thing really running without you, um, and that's what you want, like there's not much of a reason to sell it, you know. Especially if it's of not your sole source of income, right? Like if it if if you do something else and you just happen to own a gym, um, then why not hold on to it? If if it's making you even like two thousand bucks a month, I mean that's still two thousand dollars more than you've got with very little to no headache. So. Yeah. I figured just hold on to it at the very least. Yeah. But so that's, that's yeah. awesome. You're coming up on 10 years, which is really cool. What's really yeah. cool too, is that you didn't go all in on the attorney route. Cause it probably wasn't as fulfilling to you, you know? Um, right. I, I right. Guess, right. Yeah. No, I, I, I started as an attorney and, and only an attorney and then sort of a little bit out of necessity opened a gym. And then you're right, realized that, wow, I really like working with gym clients a lot better than working with legal clients. <laughs> like they, Gym clients complain, even though all the gym owners here are like, gym clients complain all the time. Gym clients complain a lot less than legal clients. So they were, uh, yeah, they were, they were, it was like the fresh part of my day to get up first thing in the morning and go coach at the gym and then come back after a day of legal practice and coach at the gym. And it was always a better part of my day. So Very cool. Very yeah. cool. Yeah. I mean, I started in the corporate route right out of college, degree in economics. And then I just, I got a couple of years in that. I'm like, screw, I, I can't do this. No. I hate this. I see where my life is going to go if I don't do something that I'm passionate about. So, yep. Yeah. I quit, moved out, you know, in my car that I bought for like 3,900 bucks and started a new life out in Arizona. <laughs> you know, okay, it just cool. was no, I, a I, while, I but it. it was awesome. Yeah. No, it, it's funny. Once, once you kind of break the ties of that, of that miserable lifestyle that every guy, everybody kind of pushes you into, it's amazing how you'd be like, I'm broke, but what the hell? I don't care. 
<laughs> yeah. It's so much better than than going into the through that daily grind of accounting or business or being an attorney or whatever it is. Yeah. Yeah, if you love it, you love it. If not, I mean, get out of it and go do something else. It's more fulfilling. And that's to say, like, I didn't love it all the time. You know, mm-hmm. it's just sometimes when I was really struggling, I'm like, oh my God, I wish I never would have quit my job. And I just had this. But then mm-hmm. I, if I thought about it for more than a second, I'm like, but here's the thing though. Could I go back to that? Could I do that nine to five? sitting down, looking at the clock. I'm like, there's no way. And look at me. I'm wearing pajamas all day, every day. You know what I mean? Like this isn't that bad, even though I'm struggling right now, (laughs) you know? Yep. So it's, it's so worth it. And, and Hey, if you're listening to this podcast, you're in the industry, you know, you know, so even if you're struggling, pursue with it because you know what the alternative is and uh yeah like see like when you're going through the worst stuff you might be like oh my god i'd I'd do anything to get back there but you really wouldn't be happy with that (laughs) so um but yeah so you you've got you've had your gym for 10 years uh coming up on which is amazing um and you got out of the the uh, legal business for a bit, but then you came back and cause you've got kind of a, a new project that you started like a year ago or so. Right. And it's, it's gym yeah. lawyers, I believe is the name. Gym lawyers, PLLC. Yep. Um, so it's more or less an online virtual firm, if you will, uh, with the goal of really educating and consulting with gym owners on the legal things that impact their business um, or that might impact their business come worst case scenario. Um, so we, you know, kind of, kind of like an insurance policy, you call us up and we provide a whole bunch of services for you in hopes that you never need to call us again. Um, so that, that's, that's kind of our goal. Um, but yeah, we just realized as we went that, well, I, I say we, I mean, it's really, it's, it's me and I've got a, you know, an administrator and a couple of associates, but, um, we, we, we realized that there is so much out there that impacts gym owners that gym owners just have no idea that are there that it's like one bad move, one angry client away from some serious issues. So I'm trying to head those off now. And that's, that's, what, we, um, that's what we fear sometimes, right? It's the what if and not knowing. Yeah. And the problem is you don't know what you don't know in the legal arena. Oh, yeah. And, and that's not a defense. You can't right. go into the can't go into court and be like, I didn't know I had to have a membership right. contract. No, it doesn't count. Doesn't Still count. on the You're hook, done. baby. Yeah. Yep. Um, and uh, so that's good. And it's it's really good to have somebody in the industry who understands it. Obviously, yeah. you understand to a huge degree as a current gym owner. And because there's a trust level sometimes, and and even attorneys, some of them are just super highly specialized. Mm-hmm. They would miss things in a specific industry or not consider things. So it's really good to be able to go to somebody who knows the industry inside and outside and not just a ge- the general guy who's got a shop down the street, you know? Yeah. <laughs> right. uh, and I've, I've had my experience with like crappy lawyers. I have. I've also had my oh, experience with amazing ones. Oh, yeah, yeah. We, we, we exist. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yep. Let's well, like, it's like doctors and attorneys. You guys are like this privilege, privilege class. And everyone's like, oh my God, those people are so smart. I'm like, no, not all of them. Just because you passed. Yeah. I know it's a lot of work. Yeah. But just because you passed, I've met some that were stone cold morons. Mm-hmm. Just because you passed the test doesn't mean you know shit about anything. Right. Uh, but uh, but yeah, so I'm sure they're out there. Um, but it's great that you have this carnal knowledge in this industry. I think that's a huge bonus. Um, so, yeah, I was curious because we're, you know, we've been talking for a bit. and I've had to delay getting you on. We've just been so busy. Um mm-hmm. 
which has been great. We literally sold out like all our spots throughout the end of the year. So unfortunately, nobody can work awesome. with us until 2023. <laughs> but that's really cool, though. You know what I mean? It's really cool to see this 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 movement being built. Um, mm-hmm. And because we did it by accident, like we're we're not we don't ju- we don't just sign people up and handle volume. You know, right. fulfillment right. and going to war with these gym owners to make their business successful is everything to me. So. We don't have a huge amount of people that we can work with at any given time. And we don't plan. No, but I give you guys credit because I I was on a phone call with a potential gym client today and, you know, it's the old phone call. What do you guys do? Oh, and how much do you charge? Mm -hmm. It's like, whatever, fine. If if you're, if you're price shopping on the phone, I'm just going to give you my price because you're, you're going to go away anyway. And I told her it's 185 a month for an unlimited group membership. And she says, Oh, well, I only want to pay 150. I'm not going to pay more than that. I'll look elsewhere. And, and so I give you guys credit to, to, to trying to increase the value of what we do in the gym industry, because quite frankly, I'm really tired of the group class down on the street undercharging just to have somebody stand up in front of them and tell them what to do and provide no value whatsoever. But the, the gym owner, the gym members don't know that. You know, they just, they just go, oh, okay, well, I'm not going to get any better service here than they do, than I do over here. So why am I going to pay more money for it? And it's like, well, you got to come in and check us out. We'll show you. Uh, I don't know if you're in the Facebook group, but I'm going to get you in our Facebook group. And we just did a live training last week and we had the recording. I can send you the recording um, inside of our group where we went over that, how to do that seven minute discovery call for that lead, just like you were talking about and how to handle somebody like that to set yep. everything up to be able to charge those rates and not let her have control of the conversation where she just wants to know that. Right. Can't see that. And now I'm learning. <laughs> nope. You'll love it. You'll love it. So I'll send you that, that afterwards. Um, but yeah, so, so like, I'm curious, like, I want to get to what is your opinion on 1099 contractors? And this is a huge topic. So I'm just like, what's <laughs> yes or no. We'll just hop in. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, just kind of, I guess, I guess what is some, uh, yeah, what's your opinion on W two employee versus hiring for ten eighty nine contractor, and right. what's where people get into trouble and your overall views, basically? Yeah, 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 yeah. All right. So you know, first and foremost, everything and any any answer that I ever give will always start with depend. It depends, right? So, sure. you know, so just just Nuanced. hear that. And anytime I say anything, it's just here. It depends before any answer that comes out. <laughs> uh, and, and the fact that every law is different. Every state is different. Every yeah, situation is time. different. But, but I'll, I'll give more specific answers. Um, and, and one thing that I do kind of want to correct on the outset is, uh, you know, I, I get real hyper-focused on language when it comes to independent contractor versus employees, because it's really important stuff, especially when you've got the IRS overlooking, just waiting for you to mess up on your independent contractor. So they, so they, they can got slap guns now. They got guns now. <laughs> Tons of people, right? They're coming after us. Anyway, um, you don't hire an independent contractor. Um, and, and, I, and I think you said that just a few minutes ago. You only hire employees. You contract with an independent contractor. If you're hiring them, now all of a sudden they're an employee. But, you know, because I go out on those forums every once in a while and I'll see people be like, well, how do I hire an independent contractor? You can't do it. So Mm -hmm. change your vocabulary because that, if we think in terms of what we want, then we're going to be better about talking about and entering contracts and treating these people as such. So, um, you know, if, if we're looking at the two 
in distinction. And, and let's just make the assumption that the only time this is ever going to come into play is if the IRS decides to come after us. All right. So they audit uh, your business. And now all of a sudden you're sweating because is your staff correctly categorized for tax purposes? Okay. So the IRS is going to come in and they're going to audit and they're going to look at control. How much control do you exhibit over your staff? The more control, the more they look like an, a, an employee. The less control, they look like an independent contractor. The problem here is that there's no black and white, white test. Okay, When they audit, there's literally, and I forget exactly how many it is, but it's like 35 or 40 checkpoints, uh, questions that the IRS is going to go through per staff member and order to determine, is the control over this person look more like staff or I'm sorry, employment, or does it look more like an independent contractor? So, you know, when we set it up with our staff, we just have to be aware of what we're requiring our staff to do, um, you know, and then make the decision as to whether or not they're an independent contractor or an employee. Now, there are things that we can do to push them more toward independent contractors, right? And this is a discussion I have with a lot of gym owners when they're uh, when they've got staff coming in, first thing is have your staff go out and, and file for their own LLC, right? And that's that's a big one. A lot of gyms won't do it. And I, from my perspective, I don't understand why, because there's a minor fee and it's a quick process and it's very easy to be done to just file your LLC. But it's advantageous for them as well. It is. There's tax benefits for it, right? You're an LLC. I'm an LLC. Hopefully the gym owners listening to this or either an LLC or a corporation. Why? Because we're all self-employed. We're all independent contractors. So if you're going to have a staff member come in and you want to pay them as an independent contractor, make it official. Mm -hmm. Pay them as an LLC. Um, you know, have them get a, a small insurance policy. Even if your insurance policy covers your staff, the idea here is to show separation and lack of control over that staff member. So have them get a small insurance policy. I have an insurance policy. You've got an insurance policy. The gym owners have an insurance policy because we're all independent. What's a, what's a good provider for them that's a cheap one if, for somebody like that? Do you, do you know one off the top of your head? I default immediately to, to affiliate guard um, or yeah. a guard as they're known right Heard now. Them, and even... If they're more on the personal training side, they can get it from NESM. They have preferred ones. But if you don't yeah, have yeah. your building and everything that you're doing and your full business wrap insurance, um, one of those is super cheap if you have an independent contractor to get on their own. Right. Super cheap. What I get nervous about is when people want to go to like Nationwide or State Farm to get an insurance policy yeah. because they have all kinds of little caveats within their policies. Like mm -hmm. it only covers you if you're in the building. And once you go outside of the building, it doesn't work. It only covers you if their feet are on the ground. And as soon as they climb a rope, it's no longer applicable, you know, things like that. So yes, NASM affiliate guard. I don't think the RRG has individual policies like that, but I might be wrong. Um, just go find one that comes from a gym industry, uh, company and you know that you'll get covered, but they're, they're not grossly expensive. Um, so, you know, it, again, it's all about this control and, and when we're 
forming that relationship, we want to make it look like they have autonomy. Even if, we, even if they don't have a whole lot, we want to make it look like they have autonomy. Yeah. Um, and, and, and so one, one of the, the questions that I'll often get is, is well, if I, can I count my group class coach as an independent contractor if I'm forcing them to work you know, five classes a, a day. Um, I'm telling them what to do as far as the programming is concerned. I have standard operating procedures that they have to follow. Like all of this looks like control. Mm-hmm. Um, can I still co- count them as independent contractors? And again, this is where we kind of get off into the weeds of like, it really depends on how you're treating that, that staff member. But the answer is yes, you can. Um, and, and, and I won't go too far down that road unless you want me to, Scott, but, you know, let's take a really simple one, scheduling, okay? Um, there's, there's two ways. Let's assume you're one of my staff members, Scott, and, and, and I put out the schedule. An employee schedule is going to look like, hey, Scott, you're going to work these hours, these hours, these hours, these hours, and then at the end of the month, I'm going to pay you as much as, the, you know, for hourly or salary, whatever it was that, that you worked. Alternatively, I send out a schedule that says, hey, staff, here are the hours that need to be filled in the month of December. Go in and put your name in the box claiming that hour and expect to work those hours. That's an independent contractor, okay? Because you're now, I'm not exhibiting control over you when you work. You're picking when you work and you have the choice as to whether or not you want to accept those hours. Yeah, and if if you're- contracting with them and you need to fill the five to nine, five to eight classes or appointments or whatever, Mm -hmm. your specific contract with them could dictate that, correct? Yes. So you can have contracts with independent contractors um, and they can still be independent contractors. Now, what you're asking about is, can I dictate that they're going to work from five to nine or that that's going to be sort of like their window to work. Their window, right? So we need these hours covered. So I'm going to con- I'm going to contract with this company <clears throat> to take the responsibilities right. with these certain certain Very good. You know, hours between mm-hmm. these these times for whatever those client needs are. Yep. Yeah. 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 And yeah, you can that, that's good. Yeah. And and yeah, a lot of it comes down to like I said is how much control do you have over them? <clears throat> I know time and schedule is a big one of the big ones they look for and everything like that. Yeah. Um, no doubt about it. And then also, yeah, do they have their own tools for work, which obviously they're probably not bringing their own equipment, but their own insurance mm-hmm. is an example mm-hmm. uh, of something like that. If they're using their own email or phone to communicate, I'm sure that's another example of that. Correct. Yep. Yep. Keep you out of trouble. Yeah. And um, to, to be clear to everybody, like I use, I, I, all of mine are employees. Um, except for one gym, we have some exceptions, but move to that. And it's, it's because I'm really running my business as absentee owner. Right. Um, mm-hmm. And, and I do want that greater level of control. A lot of us don't have it set up like that is because one, maybe when we started the business, we didn't know how to do it. It's complicated. There's a lot of legal shit, which that's what Matthew's there for. <laughs> right. Um, there's a lot of moving parts and you don't really have all the answers when you just, Oh my God, I signed a lease. What do I do now? Right. Um, and then also the other part is the expense. So a lot of you guys might would, would really like to do the employee thing, but it could be a hassle, right. With, with paperwork, with this, with that, with filing, 
uh, with finding a payroll company, you're going to be paying probably 14, 15% more now Mm -hmm. with payroll taxes and other associated costs with insurance or unemployment insurance, things like that. So a lot of you aren't profitable enough either. You're struggling to make ends meet. So it's hard, you, you feel like you want to do that, but it's hard to do that at the same time because now you're adding 15% onto your payroll. Oh, that's a naughty word if you're an independent contractor, don't you? Know, right? <laughs> um, but you, you, for those costs associated with labor, you're you're looking at a, a you know 15% on top of it, which for a lot of people with thinner margins, it's scary. So yeah, it um, if you can do W-2 for the in general, for the most part, you get more out of your people for sure. But I understand yeah. if you're not in that situation. But let's look at a couple of pitfalls that that kind of get hidden in there. That that definitely pitfalls to that, no doubt um, about it. You know, a quick and easy one is you got to know and understand your state laws as well. Okay, California is the prime example mm-hmm. of this. California requires um, business owners to give staff. I believe, don't quote me on it. I believe it's workers' comp benefits. It requires it. And one of those elements of control, one of those check boxes that the IRS is looking for is, do you provide benefits to your staff? And if you do, they are instantly an employee. There's no question whatsoever about it. So it is near impossible in California to have an independent contractor. So if you're opening up a gym, all that we've talked about as far as the scheduling and everything else is concerned, you just throw it out the window. If you're opening a gym in California and you have staff, you better just plan on making them employees um, because it is incredibly difficult to have them as be independent contractors. Um, You know, another one that I'll, I'll see a lot is I don't have the money to pay this person. So I'm going to give them a free membership and they're going to coach a few hours for me a week. Um, So you're trading services. And, you know, the, the, the problem that we run into there is you are technically giving that person value for the service that they're providing you. You're giving them value. You're giving them a free membership. Let's assume it's $200 a month for an unlimited membership at your gym. And they're able to come to classes. They don't have to pay you. And in exchange for that, they're going to work, let's say 10 hours a month for you at $20 an hour. You're technically giving them $20 of value in exchange for coaching. And anytime you give somebody value, if the IRS really comes down and looks at it, the IRS wants their piece of that value. Mm-hmm. And so as soon as you exceed $600 a year, and it, it'll, it would be rare that the IRS would pick up on this, but you know these are the nuances that you've got to be aware of. As soon as you exceed $600 a year, you're now supposed to start paying taxes on this person, or you have to claim them on a 1099. So three months in of this agreement, paying somebody or exchanging a $200 membership for 10 hours of work a month, three months in, you've hit your $600. And so now all of a sudden you're in a situation where if it's ever called to light, you're going to have some explaining because you're technically have a staff member that you're paying value to in the form of a free membership. Mm-hmm. Right? So, so you got to watch that pitfall too. Um, and that's why, you know, anytime that, that we get questioned about that, you know, the suggestion is if you want to, if you want to trade services like that, the member slash coach should still pay for the membership and you turn around, and you pay the coach um, because that shows it on the books that everything looks normal. 
Yeah, it also works out better that way, guys, um, because complications can come with that person too. Maybe they're not doing such a hot job. Now you've got this thing where you got to start charging them again. It's it's mm-hmm. just better if you exchange yeah, it for what it is because you could run into some awkward situations down the road. And not yep. only do you have to like lose a coach, then you lose a client too, or there's a lot of different ways it can go about. But um, and the 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 third area, you know, the the third sort of area that we run into an issue here that, that people don't expect is in a commercial lease. Um, and this is one that, that nobody looks for, but you know, you pull out your commercial lease and you look through it, your commercial lease is going to have an insurance policy at some point in there requiring you to maintain usually a policy just on the building. Some commercial leases are also going to require you to maintain a worker's comp policy. Hmm. And what we always have to do is, is when we review a lease, we look at that and we send it back to the gym owner or future gym owner, if you will. And, and we say, you need to go back to the landlord and you need to ask the landlord, is that a workers' comp policy required for all staff? Or is that a workers' comp policy that you have to maintain only for your employees? Because if, it, if the landlord comes back and says, that's a workers' comp policy that you maintain for all of your staff, that's a benefit. As we said earlier, as soon as you provide your, your staff member benefits, they're now an employee. And so if you have independent contractors, you're technically in breach of your lease the entire time you're open under that lease. Interesting. Interesting. So, yeah, we, we need to be aware of these things very early on. And even for established gym owners right now who are concerned about such things, you know, a quick review of the lease is going to answer that question for you. But these are things that we try to highlight to gym owners very early on just to say, look, you, you make the decision. It's your business decision whether you want to sign this or not. But I'm going to make sure you're well aware of what it is that you're signing. Yeah. Yeah. And things are that's something you'd easily gloss over. I mean, oh, yeah. easily. Nobody nobody is is going to pick that out and understanding the, the consequences of something like that. Um, sure. And this is why you pay professionals, guys, because you don't know what you don't know. The most dangerous stuff is what you don't know that you don't know. And this is why you (laughs) always need to be hiring coaches and professionals who can teach this stuff to you, um, who can work with you. Um, Absolutely. Because I can tell you what, from my experience, when I was a broke ass gym owner for many years, many years, I was just, just so close to going under Um, at so many different stages. And um. I didn't, I didn't hire out on legal stuff because I was too afraid. I didn't have the money to spend on it or I was too afraid to spend it mm-hmm. if I had it technically, right? Because uh, I was always just a few bad moves away from going out or <laughs> figure things out. And, um, but yeah, so I, I cut some corners and yeah, it did burn me later on, right? And that goes on the legal side, that goes on uh, leases, right? Not these fine things that you would never think of. Right. And I'm like, Oh my God, if I actually hired somebody to review that lease, (laughs) right. Um, All the time, all the time. And it's just, we, because we were a lot of times with entrepreneurs, we're optimists as well. Mm -hmm. Kind of things, you know, we don't really consider the worst case scenario, but it doesn't minimize the risk that it's actually there. No, no, that's, that's my job. I I like to joke that, that, my, my job is to have you come to me so I can tell you why it's not a good idea. Yeah. Right. And, and, and nobody wants to hear that. that. Nobody no, wants no, they to don't. hear that. No, they don't. <laughs> but, 
sometimes sometimes you got to hear it right yeah. like you just got to hear like you know this lease says you can't create noise you can't sign this lease i don't care how beautiful the the, the spot is it says you can't cause noise you're going to cause noise right um, sometimes we just have to have those hard conversations. Um, and sometimes it, it does, you know, it, it involves employees and it involves staff people. It involves independent contractors and saying things to the gym owner. Like, I don't care how generous you want to be. You can't pay for that staff member to go get their certification. You can't do it. Not if you want to call them an independent contractor, because that's a benefit. Uh, and that instantly throws them into an employee category. Yeah. Um, and, and guys, the, the risk of any kind of litigation or this or that or the other, I mean, it's very real. It's very out there. It is for me. I mean, I know obviously hundreds of gym owners. And if I look at the ones who have been in business for any number of years, most of them have had a lawsuit or a brush of one or a threatening mm -hmm. of one or some paperwork mm -hmm. filed um, on whether it's an employment issue Definitely, whether it is uh, something from a client, somebody gets injured or whatever, um, it's it's not it's 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 a when situation, really, not an if. Yeah. But if you're in business for long long enough, it's going to happen. Yeah, and it's gonna it can happen to where you'd never see it coming too. My wife was torn up about it because she was a a trainer at one of my locations, and we had this um, client on there that she was pretty close with and stuff like that. And she was doing some step ups and my wife went to go change the music or something like that. And she, there was this tall box. She's like, Oh, can I try this one? She said, no. my wife said, no. Right. No. She goes within that span of 20, 30 seconds. She's hurt herself. Right. Cause she tried it. And my wife took such good care. She called me immediately assess the situation. I was able to figure out whether it was just from questions. I didn't diagnose it, of course, whether it was a ligament versus a tendon. Um, and I, was, I ended up being right, but I said, don't let her leave, like drive her to the driver to the ER and stuff like that. And she did that. She was there like all day with her. She took amazing care of it. And the thing was, it was her own damn fault. She was told not to do something and she didn't do it. But somebody got in her ear as she's doing physical therapy that, oh, what were you doing? You shouldn't have been doing it. And she's kind of, she's a psychologist too. So I don't want to make mass stereotypes, but sometimes people are really fascinated <laughs> about how the mind works are the craziest ones. And, uh, but then she, she sent an email phishing to see, am I liable for her lost wages? And listen, she's retired. She works part-time as a psychologist, which pretty sure you can do that sitting in a chair. Pretty sure that's what you do. You know, you're not doing squats while you're working. Right. Yep. So she went fishing to see what she could get. And sure enough, I got some paperwork from an attorney and had to go through. Thankfully, I had insurance on this and it was, you know, all that yep. kind of stuff. But it's scary, guys. People will. Yes. And she's the thing is, is that it all worked against her because she had all these texts to my wife about she kind of admitted that it was her fault and also how great of a job that that she did taking care of her. Yeah. And she wouldn't insinuate like we were missing something in a like, I can't remember if we didn't have a painkiller or something like that. And so she was like. She was, it was really fishing for money is what it was, which is scary because it's somebody that like my wife liked, right? You wouldn't yeah. think. And the ironic part is she was just complaining about somebody she just tapped and rear-ended. Oh, no. really? I'm, I'm not even shitting you. The oh, same geez. day, she was bitching about somebody that she rear-ended and just tapped that is now claiming he's got the next stuff and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. 
Yeah. Wow. But this is what people do when it comes to money on the table. I mean, that's not how I work, but that's what people do. And so you really have to protect yourself. Yeah. It's happened to me. I've been there. No, I did. You can't avoid it. You're right. And we, we all, we all own essentially a dangerous business and the eye of the law. We all, we all own a dangerous business and we have to make sure that people fully understand that they're coming into a dangerous business. Um, and, and I try to get gym owners to frown away from any, any softening of that language um, because it is, it's a dangerous business and, and they have to understand that. Yeah. Injuries are going to happen at some point, big or small or whatever it is, or even just claims that nothing happened in there, but a week later, oh, well, I've got this knee issue that developed. I think it was because of you. You know, you just, you just don't know guys. So don't think it's not going to happen. Don't listen to this podcast. My like, God, oh, it's never going to happen to me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, because um, it is, it is. Uh, and, and so you guys know, so Matthew kind of works with three different types of of gym owners and, and professionals, like one people, correct me if I'm wrong. One people are just kind of starting out, right. Mm-hmm. Getting LLC documents and the beginning stuff set up and all that kind of stuff. Uh, number two, you work with established uh, gym owners and fitness professionals who are running yep. and, and the things that you're involved in on that are probably going to be leases and, and their documents and all that kind of anything that will come up there. Um, and then the third are, are people who are buying or selling their gyms, correct? Correct. Yep. Yep. Awesome. That's it. Those are the three categories. Just awesome. about everybody is going to fall into at least one of those. I haven't, I haven't found somebody yet who, who doesn't, who's in any way in the gym industry. Yeah. Well, I mean, I wish I had met you years ago because I probably wouldn't have just downloaded a template and made some changes. Oh, oh, God. <laughs> well, I know. I know. I, you know, I love it. I, I, I always <laughs> use the analogy. I'm like, you know, people will call me like, well, why can't I just go online and, and, and download that waiver and just use it? And I'm like, why can't I go online and just learn how to snatch and go to my basement and do it? Like, there's, right. like, there's a reason professionals exist to do this stuff. Like don't, don't just try it yourself. Cause man, that stuff that hurts my soul when I have to look at a, a waiver that talks about a climbing wall in a CrossFit gym. And I'm like, where's your climbing wall? I'm like, oh, we don't have one. I'm like, well, your waiver says you do. So <laughs> where's your climbing wall? <laughs> I mean, nuts. <laughs> I, I, I bet you see everything. Um, and guys, I'm, I'm guilty of it too. I'm guilty of it too. When I was frigging broke, I never, I never did it. You know, I just tried to, yeah, I downloaded a template, maybe make some changes. I mean, sure, it's one for Colorado. I'm I'm, I'm in Arizona, but it's, it's going <laughs> to work, right? <laughs> this stuff's universal. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so yeah, guys, um, you really have to protect yourself. Don't take these shortcuts. I know it's tempting. I've done it, um, but it can cost you a lot in the long run. And the chances of you running into something in some way, it's very real. And over time, it's very high. Yeah. Over time, it's very high. So don't minimize that that risk and pretend. Just don't be overly optimistic about that. Yeah, and at the end of the day, you know, to, to when it when it comes to an independent contractor versus an employee, you know, and, and and you've you've touched on this a couple of times, Scott, about sort of that that fear, if you will, about calling an attorney and what is the cost and everything else. You know, the the, the one of the big the the big issues that that I try to get out there anytime that I'm given a microphone is it doesn't matter to me, you know, how big or small the problem is in your brain call because I'm not going to charge you for a phone call just to figure out whether or not you actually have a, a, a matter that 
needs help, whether whether I can help you or whether I need to find a local attorney to help you, you know, just just call because the worst thing you do is just try to tuck it under the rug and then it's going to come back to haunt you at the end of the day. Um, so, you know, if you have any questions about whether or not such and such treatment of a staff member puts you leaning more toward an independent contractor or an employee, just make the initial phone call. Um, but, it, it, you know, and, and then at the end of the day, call your accountant as well. Because if you pay somebody to do your taxes and you end up getting audited, that's the person who's ultimately going to be, you know, the, your defender, if you will, um, against the IRS. And so if your accountant isn't on board with the way that you're treating your staff, you know, that might be something that you want to consider, whether that means you look for a second opinion or whether that means you change your tax status of that staff member. Um, because, you know, that's, that's like going to an attorney and, and telling them, you know, I killed somebody, but tell everybody I didn't kill them. You know, it's like, well, well, hold on now. I've got got too much information, right? Like, I don't even know that, you know, that's you go to your accountant and you say, Hey, I'm just going to treat this guy as a W or as, as a, as an independent contractor. And, and the accountant says, you're really kind of a W2 with that person. You know, it's going to make their job a lot more difficult if you ever get audited. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, and we better get off now. I've got to, I've got to hop on a call real quick. Oh, sure. But um, Matthew, I really appreciate your time. Um, I'm going to have some work for you in the near future, too. So <laughs> I'm going to reach out reach to you out. for that. And yeah. um, I'll also connect you with the uh, discovery call training and stuff like that. So you can see it um, for your gym. And then. Um, and yeah, wanted to ask, what's the best way for people to reach you? The uh, best way is just go through the website. So gymlawyers.com. So that's G-Y-M lawyers. Dot com. I always have to be specific that it's not J-I-M. For some reason, people think it's like gym, gym. I'm like, no, like a gymnasium. It's gym lawyers. That's what I do. Probably gym just going to need to buy the domain and forward it. <laughs> That's a good point. Yeah, maybe I should. Uh, but if you go to the contact there, I mean, there's calls to action all over the website. You know, I don't hide how to get a hold of me. Um, my web, my email address is on there. My cell phone number is on the website. You can call or text me. Um yeah, I don't. I don't have a lot of boundaries. So much to my much to my partner's chagrin, I don't have a yeah. lot of boundaries. That's so, also uh, really uh, that's really attractive and awesome. Um, yeah, because it's just we don't. Sometimes people, oddly enough, sometimes people don't trust attorneys. They don't know what the hell they're going to get. They don't know. You know, they don't know. I mean, because again, I've had good attorneys and I have bad attorneys too. Yeah. So it's it's real to know who to call, who to go to, who to ask questions to. That's invaluable. So. Yeah. Um, Matthew, I appreciate having you on. I appreciate what you're doing. You, it's something that is yep. much needed in this industry. Um, Thank you. guys, uh, thanks a lot for listening to the podcast and don't forget to subscribe to the show. If you know somebody who needs some of this advice or has cut corners, like I did in the past, send this episode to them so they can get connected with Matthew. Um, and yeah, anything you need in the show notes, if you're, if you need to book a call with us, if you need uh, Matt's link as well. We're going to leave that in the show notes. So thanks a lot for listening, and we will see you next week on the PT Legends show. Dave and myself, Scott, would love to thank you for tuning in and listening to the PT Legends podcast. You can get direct access to us by joining our free Facebook group. Go to www.facebook.com slash groups slash seven-figure personal trainer. That's seven-figure personal trainer with the number seven. 
Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast so you can keep on learning and keep on living. Finally, if you picked up any tips whatsoever in this episode that you found helpful, be sure to leave us a review and tell us what you like best about it. Can't wait to see you on the next episode.